The following sermon was delivered by Associate Pastor Sarah A. Speed in the Sanctuary of Fifth Avenue Presbyterian Church in New York City. We welcome you to worship with us every Sunday, in person, or on live stream. For details, go to fapc.org. And now, here's Reverend Speed. Friends, our scripture passage for today on this Epiphany Sunday comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. I invite you to follow along with me as we read. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising, and we have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all of Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for a meeting for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word, so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out. And there, ahead of them, went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. Friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. When I was in seminary, my preaching professor, Dr. Anna Carter Florence, gave us a weekly homework assignment. The assignment was to write our own parable. Each week of the semester, we'd submit a few sentences beginning with the words, the kingdom of God is like dot, dot, dot. People would write in things such as, the kingdom of God is like a dog who runs to meet you at the door because no matter how long you're gone, they're always happy to see you. Or, the kingdom of God is like hearing children in the pews say the Lord's Prayer out loud because all voices are beloved in God's kingdom. Or, The kingdom of God is like a baby eating cake. Full body joy, zero shame. (laughs) 
There was no secret as to why Dr. Carter Florence gave us these assignments. Anna was trying to teach that junior varsity group of preachers in training how to look for the holy in the ordinary. She was trying to train us to look for God in the world. Had the place and time aligned, I think the Magi in Matthew's gospel would have been Anna's star students because the Magi, more than most, knew what it meant to look for God. We meet the Magi for the first time in Matthew chapter 2. The text tells us that Magi from the east appear to King Herod looking for the Christ child. Now, Matthew gives us about as many details as a vegetarian could give an omnivore on how to cook a steak, which is to say, not a lot. We don't know the Magi's names. We don't know how many there were. We don't know how long they've been walking or where they're really from. The few things we do know is that these Magi are generally from the East, that they saw a star in its rising, that they believed Christ had been born, and so they went looking for him. The other thing we know about these mysterious magi is that they were not visited by an angel, or at least that's what the text implies. Have you noticed that before? Mary is visited by an angel. Joseph is visited by an angel. The shepherds are visited by a whole host of angels. But as far as we know, the magi do not have an angel choir kind of moment. Instead, it seems that Matthew would have us believe that their faith is built not on the once-in-a-lifetime holy moment, but on a step-by-step, day-by-day, looking for God. They searched diligently. Maybe Matthew knew the rest of the details didn't really matter after that. Some of you may remember this, but last May I traveled to Israel and Palestine with a group of other clergy for two weeks. My roommate for that trip was an AME pastor from Texas named Thea. And Thea, like the Magi, was good at looking for God. One of the things I learned about Thea over our two weeks in close quarters was that Fia's go-to catchphrase was, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. It seemed to me that she would walk around our tiny hotel room looking for reasons to thank God. The sun was out, thank you, Jesus. The coffee was brewed, thank you, Jesus. Her clothes were dry, thank you, Jesus. She had a way of looking for small blessings and allowing them to point her towards God. I can remember on about day three or four of our trip, the alarm clock went off atrociously early, I'm sure before God had even woken up. And Fia said, thank you, Jesus, before she even turned the buzzer off. I had other words in mind. 
Throughout those two weeks together, I would chuckle to myself with how often Fia spoke out loud to God, finding it endearing. But when I got home at the end of that two-week trip, I realized that my first morning back in New York City, before I had opened my eyes, I thought to myself, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Fia had rubbed off on me. Fia was like the Magi. She was always looking for God. She allowed every star in the sky, every breath in her lungs to point her towards God. And because she was so often looking for God, she often found herself on holy ground. Friends, I think that's one of the reasons why Matthew wrote about the Magi. Because most of our days are not going to be days like Mary, Joseph, and the shepherds had, where an angel chorus descends into our life. Most of our days are going to be magi days. Most of our days we are called to live like those mysterious wise men, to live like Fia, to use everything that we have to search diligently for God in this hurting world. Because the reality is, you can't write the parable unless you're paying attention. And you don't get to Bethlehem unless you're following the star. And you don't wake up like Fia and say, thank you, Jesus, unless you've spent the last two weeks looking for God at the start of your day. Now hear me out. What I'm not saying is that God doesn't show up in our lives in amazing, surprising, and spectacular ways. That does happen all the time. Ask anyone who's ever stood at the edge of the Grand Canyon or has rung the end of treatment bell on the oncology floor. Life has its fair share of angel chorus, holy ground moments. Mary knew it. Joseph knew it. You and I know it. However, if I'm honest, those moments are not my normal Monday and Tuesday faith experiences. Instead, my life often asks me, begs me to search diligently amidst the shrapnel of this world so that like the Magi, I might walk step by step, day by day closer to God. So in just a few moments, you all will be invited to come forward and receive a star word. For those of you unfamiliar with star words, star words are an epiphany tradition not to be confused with the movie legend Star Wars. <clears throat> they are tools that help us look for God and they are exactly what they sound like. A small star-shaped piece of paper with a word written on it. For some, that word might be a prayer. For others, it might be a challenge an invitation or a reminder. Some will draw a word and think that God is confused and say, what does this have to do with me? Regardless of how you feel about your star word, you will be invited to place it somewhere where you will see it often this year and to pay attention to how God might be bringing that word to life for you in the coming months.
Because if the Magi have taught us anything, it's that we only get to Bethlehem if we're looking for the star, if we're looking for God in our world. So to help us embrace that seeker mindset, I have invited a few members of this congregation to share a testimony about where they saw God this past year. To start us off, I'd like to invite Roseanne Lynn forward. Good morning. I just, you're going to laugh. Um, last year I received my star, and believe it or not, my star was enthusiasm. <laughs> and I said to myself, wow, you know, this is a great star to have because this is what I do in everyday life. And so when Sarah asked me to do this, uh, I was all over the place only because, you know, where do you see God when you, every day you're enthusiastic looking for for God. So um, I reached out within my soul and I said, where can I begin? Because when I'm on a train, um, I will stop and help a tourist find their way around New York City. Um, I give performers money on the train because they work so hard and they, it takes a lot of courage to be on a train and perform. And I might give a generous tip to a waiter who's been working so hard, and God bless his soul, but God bless all their souls for serving me, you see? So um, needless to say, I wanted to reach out personally to myself to say, where have I seen God? And I've seen God through my brother, who is on a low spectrum of autism. I see God with enthusiasm when I see him progressing. And I'm learning. And just like the words that Sarah said, I said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, because he's not only progressing, but I'm also progressing with him, seeing that he has a wonderful life. You know, he's low, uh, low on the spectrum, but my goodness, the, the man has retired from sanitation. He's living his life and he's doing whatever it is that he wants to do. And I think that's a beautiful enthusiasm that I see God has brought into my presence. And in general, and I'm going to sum this up, is that no matter what, there's good in all of us. Just be kind to one another. Be good every day to your friends, to your neighbors, to your family and stay forever positive within yourself. And you'll see God constantly. Thank you. Thank you, Roseanne. Uh, this past year, I saw God with the help of my 22 star word, which was insight. When I first saw insight, I was like, Thank you. Uh, it's, like, it's like, why couldn't I get an easy word like enthusiasm or hope or peace or, or Porter's word was generosity, for heaven's sake. Uh, but, uh, but envy, I knew, was not on the list of star words, so I, I gave it some thought and I decided, you know, you know, yeah, the best way for me to achieve insight was to practice the art of listening to others. Not always easy for a talker like me, so 
paying close attention to people's hopes and concerns is also a very useful tool for any deacon, and I decided I would add this to my list of spiritual practices. And in 2022, there was no one from whom I gained more insight by listening to than, as has often been the case of my life, uh, my mother, who in the year she turned 93 was making a slow but successful transition to life in an assisted living apartment. As we talked and I listened to her describe her new community and her new routines, her bike weekly hair appointments, her bingo games, her three meals a day, I gained insight into how to age with grace with a bit of grit, we're Hoosiers after all, and uh, remain committed to God. I surely felt the presence of God the weekend before Christmas when I and my siblings paid repeated visits to my mom in her new Kentucky home. On that Sunday, we arrived in the middle of a weekly service being held in a small chapel on the main floor. We were invited in, my brother who lives close by, my sister from Florida, her son from Colorado, a couple from mom's church who had arrived at the same time to pay a visit to her. We essentially, so they invited us in, we essentially doubled the size of the congregation. Uh, I watched my mom, her well-worn Bible in the basket of her walker, taking in a homily about the nativity with other faithful residents, including one who could still bang out hymns and carols on the piano. Uh, and so, so seeing how she is integrated into this new world has surely given me insight into the presence of God among people who cling to faith as they get older, as we all must. The insight and hope I gleaned from this experience will stay with me for a long time to come. So in 2022, I saw God most clearly in a story that some of you know, um, in a terrifying liminal period when a young family member of mine who's very dear to me was comatose in the hospital for four days and until the fourth day we thought she wouldn't make it. Some relatives were with her, but I was in New York alone, uh, living through those days on my phone, watching anxiously for text updates and praying fervently. Her ultimate survival and her life are testaments to God's faithfulness, but this period will stick with me because of what I witnessed among the people who love my relative and especially among people who don't even know her. Those who were there in person did some amazing and touching things. They walked circles around her hospital building, praying aloud. They played her favorite music in her room while she was unconscious. And they repeated to her the names of all the people who love her. Those who weren't with her in person texted beautiful prayers that circulated throughout my Christian family and still do. And people who don't know her well sent us prayers too, including many of you who hardly knew me at the time. Even secular friends told me they were praying for her in their own way. Seeing God in these nightmarish four days was amazingly easy because of people like you and because of people who in many ways are unlike you. In those days, God's comforting presence and healing power were invoked by people from so many faith backgrounds. These people communicated with God and with me using such different actions and different words. And this diversity helped me know God better, see his dimension, his depth, and his reach in a way that since has made me more diligently seek him. Thank you, Roseanne. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Anna. Friends, there are moments where we just know that God is in our midst. Angel, chorus, or not, the divine will make itself known. But most of the time, it's a Tuesday, and we wake up, 
and we say, thank you, Jesus. And we make the coffee and we read the paper and we go out into the world and look for God. And just as Roseanne and Matt and Anna reminded us, God will be everywhere. God will show up in your star words, in your relationships, in the halls of the nursing home, on the subway, around the hospital. God will be there on your worst days and your best days. So let us follow in the footsteps of the Magi so that we can find the holy in the ordinary and write the parable and end up in Bethlehem because God is out there and God is right here. So as the text says, search diligently. We wouldn't want to miss it. Amen. Family of faith, some days will be angel chorus days and other days will be magi days where we have to search diligently for God in the world. So search diligently because I am convinced that God's fingerprints are all over the place and we wouldn't want to miss it. So as you leave this place, may you love as if love is not a scarcity. May you hope like there is a better tomorrow. May you live like we belong to one another, because we do. And may you trust that nothing can separate you from the love of God. In the name of the lover, the beloved, and love itself, go seeking, go in peace. We hope this sermon has been meaningful to you and given you a measure of hope, encouragement, and good news. If you would like to make a donation to support this audio ministry, please visit fapc.org give. Thank you and blessings to you on this day.